Welcome to Off the Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews for Bob Jane T-Mart's tyre and wheel specialists. Yes, welcome to Off the Bench. Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews here, Bob Jane T-Mart's. Get up to $100 instant cash back on Bridgestone and Yokohama tyres, bobjane.com.au. In fact, I was at my local Bob Jane team up this morning getting two new tyres for, for the car. It was pretty good. Very happy. I was in and out, mate, in 35 minutes. Didn't want to change them yourself? No. I got no, mate. I don't know. I'm lucky I know where the petrol goes. Lucky mm. that the car tells me, you know, where it is and that it's empty and <laughs> I need oil and all this sort of stuff. So... Fantastic, mate. Uh, how are you? I'm very, very good. Uh, really good week in, in sport. I th- I felt as though there was some, again, some risk shown by the NRL leading into the last round. Really looking forward to the last round because of a number of retirements. One of those retirements, I think, was shrouded in, I suppose, uh, Let's contempt. Say yeah, exactly. Yeah, And dust. And Pink dust. dust. Yeah, but I'm really looking forward to the farewell of uh, some other... Great rugby league players in Benji and and Chris Lawrence. We don't know what's going on with Benji yet, but no. definitely Chris Lawrence, who has been a uh, an absolute warrior. Uh, we know the uh, as we said before, the Broncos have picked up the wooden spoon. We'll cover off on that. There could be a new coach for the Broncos. There could be a new coaching director uh, for the Broncos as well. But right now, it is time for this time on off the bench to look back on the news of the week. Um. I'd like to uh, kick off the news of the week first, Sats, with some sad news. We learnt of the passing on Thursday night of Dean Jones, um, wonderful Australian cricketer. And, and I said to you when I came in today, oh, this has really hit me. No, I wasn't a massive Dean Jones fan growing up. I, I grew up in Sydney and, of course, uh, Dean Jones, as Bill always reminded us, was a wonderful Victorian. Um, but as I got older, I got to appreciate his feats as a cricketer. And when I found out last night, I was really shocked. And I, and I think it's he's probably one of the first major cricketers of the era that I was watching cricket with my dad on the couch, watching those one-day games going, wow, this is big. Even my wife, who's a part-time cricket fan, who yep. grew up watching cricket with her family, like everyone did in the 80s and 90s, she was shocked by it. Dean Jones is one of those, and I'm not going to say cricketer, he's one of those sportsmen that doesn't matter what era you're in, you've heard about Dean Jones. You you heard about how great he was, most primarily as a one-day cricketer, but we all know him for his one of the greatest, if not the greatest, innings in Madras. Yeah, we'll get to that soon. We'll get to that soon. I've got some highlights of him talking about that. 1986, 200, stifling conditions, just... Um, vomiting. Yeah, violently ill. Goes down, like I said, as one of the greatest innings of all time. And his appetite for competition at everything it was just insatiable you just see the way that he had this narrow mind uh, to a lot of people he came across as, as aloof and arrogant but he was because he was confident in everything that he that he put his mind to you know that 210 he scored against india and in one of the great tide tests um he doesn't he doesn't mark that as his best innings no it was 48 against the west indies on debut and he said it was on a green pitch against holding Garner and Roberts. Mm. And he said, you've got two hundredths of a second to react. And he said, they just wanted to kill you. Mm. And he said, that was my greatest innings ever. He said, oh, it, was, it was like walking to death. And I just thought, wow, that's, that's incredible. 48 against the Windies on a green top. Yeah. You know, he, 
He wasn't afraid to take the bully on as no. well. You've got to remember the um, the 93 World Cup pre-planned when he went out to bat against the West Indies and Kirtley Ambrose was, oh. was at his height. And he, he actually mentioned to Bob, Bob Simpson, he said um, he's going to demand Ambrose remove his white wristbands because he couldn't see the white ball. And Bob Simpson, the coach, said, yep, okay, let's go for it. <laughs> All the players were saying, hang on a second, you're going to get us killed. You're going to get us killed. Don't, don't rile him up. Don't rattle his cage. And he, he said, I personally didn't care because I'd been left out of the test side. These guys are going on to Adelaide to play after the, the World Series. And so Bob Simpson agreed. And then I think it was David Boone that got out. He nicked Ambrose, which means Dean Jones was going in first first drop, third third spot. And um, he passed Steve and Mark Warren the dressing sheds on the way out. And Mark <laughs> said to Steve, he's not going to do it, is he? And the only thing that I could think to myself, he said, was... Um, Yes, I am going to do it. It was, what are they talking to each other? All these years I've known them, they've never spoken to each other, <laughs> the two war brothers. So when he asked Ambrose to uh, to remove the, the white sweatbands because he couldn't see the ball, Ambrose was visibly, he peed off. He yeah. was. And um, so he, he took his wristbands off and Curtly Ambrose was actually quoted in the following year saying that, that was not Curtly Ambrose just ringing <laughs> then, but he... Um, he actually verbalised a couple of years after that where he said, I was really upset with him and I, I just told myself that I was going to make it really hard for him. I was going to rough him up. I was going to hurt him as badly as I could with the ball. Jeez. But Dean Jones got over the top of him. You yeah. know, he was so famous for that 1980, 1987, was it, World Cup that, that Australia won? Yeah. They beat England. And that was in the that was in the grips when Australian cricket really wasn't at its best. Yeah. It gave hope. To Australian cricket lovers, not even even if you weren't a lover of cricket, it gave you hope about Australian Australians being on the global yeah. global force on the in yeah. the sporting arena. And you know, not a lot of not a lot of captains and not a lot of players got on well with Dean Jones because he was so opinionated and he had this independent vision. Captain Grumpy loved him though. Yeah, but Alan Border, he said, I always wanted to yeah. to bat with him, and in that. A really good story that comes out of that um, and what drove and motivated Dean Jones and how single-minded he was and how determined he was and how he loved competition is that when he was on 170 in Madras <laughs> in 86, <laughs> you know where I'm going here? Yeah. And he, like I said, he's violently ill. You can see him vomiting on the pitch. He was dehydrated. Hey, can I also add to this? Mark and Steve Waugh are addressing him between breaks. Yes. Putting him in ice baths. so exhausted. And and dressing him, he goes, oh, I I can't remember. He goes, I, I can't remember that. And it wasn't until I read a book later that they actually forgot to put a thigh pad on me and a box just at de- one stage because he can't remember going just back. Just delirious. Yeah. And so at, at one seventy, when they had a drinks break, Alan Border, his captain, walked out to him and said, "How are you going?" He said, "I'm really struggling, struggling." And he said, "Well, mate, why don't you just retire and I'll get a Queenslander to come out here and a real batsman finish it a off." A real for Australian, you. he said. And so um, Dean Jones apparently looked at Alan Border in, in the eyes and just said, mate, get out of my face and just leave it to me. Went on and scored one of the greatest, like I said, if not one of the greatest Australian innings, innings of all time. Do you know who that next batsman was sitting in the change rooms? Alan Border. No, uh, he was batting with him at the time. Oh. Greg Ritchie. Oh, wow. Greg okay. Ritchie would have died after five minutes. Yeah. Oh, fat cat. <laughs> he, he would have. But he lost nine kilos or eight kilos in that knock. Yeah. That's incredible. Absolutely you know, incredible. there are there are landmark there are landmark sportsmen and women that leave an indelible mark in our minds over a range of eras and decades. 
you know, in 50, 60, 70, 100 years, we'll be talking about Kathy Freeman and the gold medal in, yeah. in 2000. Uh, we'll be talking about all these these great moments. If you're a rugby league fan, the Jonathan Thurston field goal in the 2015 grand final. People who love test cricket will talk about Dean Jones mm-hmm. and his contribution to Australian cricket for decades to come. Yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Valet, Dean Jones, and uh, our thoughts are with his friends and his family today. And can I also say our thoughts to Brett Lee? Yeah. Brett Lee was in commentary with him, uh, as well as uh, Sunil Gavaskar, yeah. some, some legends of the game that were staying at the same hotel. It was Brett Lee who tried to resuscitate him. Yeah, so it was. our thoughts to him also, he'd be going through a really tough, yeah. tough moment. Yep. Uh, moving on to the NRL, the Broncos have picked up the wooden spoon. We saw on Thursday night against the Cowboys. Um, geez, you feel for the Broncos supporters. I guess the only thing now is that the, the season's over. Um, but I've got to tell you, the stuff that happened after the game. Isn't this a shame that you're about to focus on something? Yeah. Even though it's been such a bad year for the club, on and off the field. Yeah. And one of the, you know, he has been a really, he's been a great you're talking player. talking about Darius Boyd. He's been a great player, Darius Boyd. And what you're about he to has. allude to, it is such a shame that we are talking about him and his career and how, I mean, the actions not, after the game are just, But Sats. Like, I question, you said to me yesterday, I don't think, I don't think Darius, I don't think Darius really cares. I think he, he's just waiting for the season to finish. I said, no, mate, you're wrong. I now tend to agree with you that, he couldn't wait to get this game out of the way so he could do exactly what you're about to explain. So after the game last night, um, uh, there were some presentations, which are deserved. Get me wrong. I think Darius Boyd has been a fantastic rugby league Absolutely. player. Absolutely. Last couple of years, his form hasn't been great. No. But that, that's, you know, he was offered a contract to play at the Broncos and he played that out. So it's no fault of his, okay? Um but last night after the game, everything's been done, and all of a sudden, oh, there's an announcement apparently, and, and I'm only paraphrasing here, was that uh, there's going to be a special presentation after the game from Darius. What happened after that was Darius Boyd um, doing a gender reveal for him and his wife's third child. Hmm. He had a, pl- a little football, he kicked it, it exploded, pink powder came out, right, to reveal it's a girl. Then what ensued, it, it for me, typifies the Broncos this year. And if I was a member of the Brisbane Broncos, I'd be calling the club today, I'd be demanding an explanation, and I'd be cancelling my membership until they change their attitudes. The players celebrated with him. After, ju- after receiving the wooden spoon. After receiving the wooden spoon in front of their members and fans who they've let down. Could you imagine... Could you imagine if this was happening through the... And it wouldn't happen through the era of Talis, Sivanasiva, Webke and Co, because they've got great players and they wouldn't allow it to happen. They're too, they're too tough in their, uh, in their mentality to allow it to happen. But let's say that Shane Webke and Gordon Talis and Petro Sivanasiva knew this is happening. Do you think they'd hang around out in the field? Okay, let's say that they've just missed out on... They've played a home final, they've been knocked out of the finals... And yet, one of the players was going to do a gender reveal. Do you think they'd hang around for that? Absolutely they'd not. They'd disappear into the dressing sheds. They'd hide their heads in shame to feel and feel as though they've let their fans down. But most importantly, they've let the jersey down. I didn't know how to react to this, Jace, and I, I concur with your, your very strong thoughts and your beliefs. And um, I, I think it was absolutely disgusting. And I, I think it, I agree with you that if. The club knew that this was going to happen. Of course they did. They made the announcement. And they allowed it, and they allowed it to happen. 
on the back of receiving a wooden spoon, the the darkest day in the club's history. Yeah, I, I think they need to head, hang their heads in shame. I, I think there needs to be a clean out from top to bottom at that club. I, and I pity the next coach that goes into that club and has to change that psyche. Because, and and I've said it to you half-heartedly off the air, like, oh, mate, the Broncos, they won't even be training this week. I actually think that's probably the only thing they practice was the gender reveal. <laughs> I'm serious because, mate, they've played for themselves since COVID. I don't know what happened. They started the season really well. Apart from a couple of players, and, I, and, and we're going to talk about Katoni Staggs. I'm, I'm shattered for that play because mm. he puts in 110% of the time every time he gets the ball. And his defensive efforts last night in that first 10 minutes were outstanding. He was by far the best player on the field. And then he goes and does his ACL. I feel mm. for that guy because he puts in. But I and and Haas puts in. There's a few players that do, right? So I can't tie them. And, and, I, and I reckon the little halfback puts in as well. But I'm. The majority of them, I, I think that typifies their season, mate. It's all been about them and not the jumper. Is it also about our age, our, our demographic, our generation that still try and understand what, how they feel, how they think? Because you know, I sit back and try and – I'm going to look at it from the other side here, Jace. Darius Boyd retires. Everyone's, everyone comes to the game to congratulate him on his career. Is it to try and take the focus away from the season that we're celebrating? So there's great news about Darius and his wife, Kayla. Or really? Kayla. Or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to look at it from another angle. Really? Are we trying to take, take the focus away? And if, if that was the decision behind closed doors, this is maybe a really good way to take the focus away from the season. They missed the mark. They missed the mark But why poorly. would you take the focus? How are you going to change the problem if you don't – Face it front on, like, mm-hmm. ha, like, isn't that what you got to do? You got to look at the problem, and go, guys, that was a bad season. You know, that was a bad loss tonight. You're up twelve nil. You let it slip. Um, go and go, get out of the bubble now or whatever they're in the hub, and go back to your families. We'll see you in November, and we're going to fix this problem. You mm-hmm. know, whatever, whatever that discussion is, and that maybe should be led by someone like Darren Lockyer. You know, because Paul Gentle's not going to be the coach. I don't. I don't know who does that. I want to know how the discussion. Or Carl Morris, someone. I, I want to know the discussion, the initial discussion coming leading into the last game, that this is organised between um, between Darius and his and his wife and the club, and they sit down and they discuss this this idea where they're going to do a gender reveal. I'm getting so angry after they've just received the wooden spoon. I, I, I we're probably spending too much time on it because. It's the biggest joke in sport, mate. Just when you think you saw it all from the Brisbane Broncos, as our good mate Pete Bedell said, this gets thrown up. It's that time for an off-the-bench Friday night preview. Yeah, looking forward to this one tonight. Homemade pizzas on that Lebanese bread. Jeez, it's good, mate. My <laughs> missus makes a, uh, a Supremo. Well, you know we used to have pizza shops, so she I, I won't let her retire. Am I allowed to say the name of it? Uh, well, I don't know. If they're, yeah, Pizza Cavers. Oh, great. Yeah. I was one of your. You were one of my customers. I didn't give you a discount either, did never, I? Never, ever gave me a <laughs> ever gave me a discount. Well, because well, mate, I knew how much we were paying you at the time because we worked together at that time and yep. we had these businesses. I thought mm. if anyone can afford to leave a tip, yeah, it's Sats. Mm. But so I've I haven't let her retire. So we'll do the homemade, uh, beautiful on the Lebanese, the thin bread, yep, nice and crunchy. We'll do a, a supreme. Doesn't it she- break? 
break. Oh, it's beautiful, mate. Okay, I'll have oh, to try she, that. She gets the tomato paste from Aldi. Mm. Oh, this, I'm not getting paid for any of this, by the way. And then she just puts a couple of prawns on every slice. And I'll sit there. I'll have a couple of quiet beers. And I'll watch the Rabbitohs bounce back tonight. Pineapple on pizza? Yes. Yeah, you've got to have pineapple on I have pizza. chili flakes as well. Mm. A heap of garlic. Uh, Rabbitohs taking on the Roosters tonight at yep. ANZ Stadium. Um, Roosters are hitting top gear, while South have hit rock bottom, Sats. Yeah, well... well losing to the Bulldogs was rock bottom. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it, Bulldogs are one of those sides that can sneak up on you because they try so hard, they stay in the fight, and all you've got to do is you drop your intensity for 10 or 15 seconds, and they'll sneak up and they'll pull your pants down. That's but not exactly in round 19, uh, two weeks out from the You're finals. Right. That shouldn't be happening, It's right? a good point. A good point you make. So uh, the Roosters, on the other hand, well, Trent Robinson, who I just continue to marvel at, uh, I saw a tweet the other day that said Trent Robinson. The only reason he's so good is because he's got a good, he's got a good team. No, 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 no. He's a he's a tremendous leader, tre- tremendous man manager, a great coach. He puts on a lot of hats. He controls the entire operation, which a lot of clubs coaches don't want to know anything to do. Don't want anything to do with strategy or whatever it may be. It's all around just the footy team. But what he does is um, he's like a really good horse trainer. He just tries to prime his priced his prized. Uh, his prize possessions for the spring carnival, and all those those group one races across the spring carnival, he picks and chooses which one need to play where, and why they've got to play. Then he gets the players to buy in. Why he's resting them, and there's good reason because at the end of the year we're going to be holding a trophy up, so he doesn't panic, and he just he trusts himself. He trusts the the processes that he puts in place with his players, and then they peak. At the right time, and that's what the Chooks are doing right now. They're peaking at exactly the right time. They're resting all their players. They're, the players are coming back and um, and putting on performances like they are. And, and what about South then? Well, South uh, are limping. South are limping. Jaden Sewer out because he's been suspended, which I might add, I don't think he deserved a suspension no from that last week. Didn't even week. deserve a sinbinning. No, they hit on Lachlan Lewis. Um, and if Cody Walker's off just a bit, mm. the team is off. He's the real... Energy barometer. Reynolds was off last week. Yeah, like his kicking game's always always pretty good, yeah. you know. But if if Cody Walker's off, the whole team's off. Damien Cook's not the same. Adam Reynolds is not the same. Um, the outside backs aren't the same. So, gay guy's back this week. Will he make much difference? He will because he brings a level of, of aggression and intensity to his game. Dane Gay guy's not going to put a, a Benji Marshall step on no. and. and Score an eighty meter try by just busting the line. He'll take it. He'll make a call on an intercept, or he'll rough someone up through sheer aggression in defence. Or when he runs the ball, he'll try and hurt someone. And as a player, you, you look at players like that and you go, "I'm going to jump on the back of that." Yeah, that's that's yeah. what we need to be. So that's what he brings to a side. Can South spout, bounce back? They can because of the rivalry. There's been so many great games over the over the years between both these sides, and South at the bottom of the ladder. Roosters at the top of the ladder, it doesn't matter. It, and this is how this game could turn out to be anything because you know what South will do? They'll try and get under the skin. Cody Walker will try and get under the skin of, of Luke Keary. Mm. To be the best, you've got to beat the best, right? Yep. Uh, where are the Roosters vulnerable? Um, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. Jeez, that's a bad sign for South. It is. I, I think the only place they're vulnerable is if you try and work over their their. The link that hasn't been there the longest, which is Kyle Flanagan. Okay. Work him over defensively, right. okay. put him under a lot of pressure, try and destabilise him. What's the key matchup? The key matchup is Kiri versus Walker. 
Yeah, nice. It's, Jeez, that's tantalising. It's energy it? versus intelligence. It's it's yeah. going to be a great matchup. Uh, who's, who's the intelligence? Luke Keary. Oh, that's not nice. All right. Uh, this is off the bench. Uh, thanks to Bob J. T. Martz. Get up that's to one footy of intelligence. That's not day-to-day intelligence. Back Bridgestone and Yoga Homatos. Who are you calling an idiot when we're talking about intelligence? <laughs> Bobjane.com.au. We'll be back shortly. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T. Martz, tyre and wheel specialist. We'll be back shortly. We're back. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T. Martz, tyre and wheel specialists. On Off the Bench, a Thursday night NRL review. Plays a ball back to Darius, who dives over from acting half and scores the try in his final game. High kick, it's into open space, and Arthur's had to, Darius Boyd had to get on his bike, couldn't get there, and Clifford did. Took the ball and scored under the black dot. The Cowboys hit back, Brisbane lead 12-4, with a kick to come. Side drink water, out to Valentine Holmes, O'Neill straight and hard, through two tackles and scores. He got the ball down, Deedon came in to try and hold him up with Farnworth. Corey Oates missed him, and he scores the try. Justin O'Neill to give the Cowboys the lead. 16-12 with a kick to come. Now the long pass to Kyle Felt in the corner. Corey Oates got duck egg. And the Cowboys are back in front. And Kyle Felt is the NRL's leading try scorer with 18. What a great pass from left to right. And it was a speculator as well. He threw it, Scotty Drinkwater, with the hope that the opposition winger, Corey Oates, was going to be in no man's land, and that's exactly where he was. Corey Oates... He thought he had an intercept. He was in between Justin O'Neill and Kyle Felt. He was always going to come up with absolutely nothing, but it's also the skill of a pass. He hits the ball at speed with Scotty Drinkwater and just hits Kyle Felt right in the breadbasket. Yeah, Wire now to town Malolo. Where's the support for him? Pushes away from Hopawati. Pushes away from Pakes. Gets away from Offerhand Gowie. Can't get away from Payne Haas, though. Tackle, 20 out, right in front. Last tackle, McLean out the back to Drinkwater. He kicks. Here comes Felt. Felt grabs it, scores. Kyle Felt gets a hat-trick. North Queensland get a 10-point lead, and the Brisbane Broncos could get the wooden spoon. And now they're up towards the halfway line here, Brisbane. Less than five minutes to go in the season for these two clubs and just over four minutes for the Broncos to score two converted tries. Xavier Coates down the touchline. He's got no one in support. Kicks for himself, but Valentine Holmes is back there to tidy up. Tom Dearden claims he was taken out. Valentine Holmes returns the football. Now Tabuai Fido has been chased by Payne Haas and he'll score the try. But the Broncos are saying, well, that doesn't matter because let's check what happened downfield. Now he's going to award the try here, you would think, Grant Atkins. Who does his best. Look at him, Chase. What a try. 78th minute of the game. What a try. On the last play of the game, and the Broncos have been beaten. The Cowboys win 32 points to 16, and it is official. The Brisbane Broncos are wooden spooners in 2020. There you have it. Cowboys 32, Broncos 16. Uh, Sats, what did you think? Broncos up 12-0 at one stage. I thought, uh-oh, here we go. I actually thought it was a really enjoyable game. I actually, for, for the standings on the ladder, I thought it was too. Well, the new, it, uh, the new rules played a really big part as well. Uh, liked it. 
Tabuai Fido runs away for a beautiful try from that crossfield kick from Scotty Drinkwater. That was amazing. We go, it's amazing, but they give the try. They go and look at it. No, yeah. sorry, you're offside. I loved it. It allowed the game to flow. The six again call for their 10 metres offside. That's still got a little bit of rejigging to do because last night there was a player that got offside. He got off the line too quickly from the referee. They said six to go, but he still got involved in the yeah. in the tackle. Yeah, so what what do you do there? So it's at the discretion of the referee. So if I'm next to the referee and I break early and he says, Scott Sattler, you're off, six to go, and I get involved in the tackle, he can either give six to go, continue giving six to go, or he can give a penalty and sin bin the player. Right. So it's at the referee's discretion. So a little bit of work to do on that. Uh, I love that the all the forwards had to be in the scrums. Yep. It allowed the speed men to be up against the speed men. I knew the number nine would go to lock. Yep. I, I just had a feeling that would happen. As well, a it's a clean of... pass and allows him to get out and get to yeah, dummy half. that's right. But one of the first scrums, they just threw the ball to Valentine Holmes. He went bang, bang, got on the outside of his man and nearly put away Tabuai Fido, which unfortunately put his foot into touch. So, yeah, I liked it. Mm. I thought it was a high-quality game. When the Broncos went out to a 12-0 lead, I thought, here we go. This is yeah. They're doing this for Darius. They want to try and finish the season on the best possible note. But when you actually break down their three tries... You know, in total, there was eight tries in total. Kyle Felt got three tries. He was outstanding. Has he played his way into an origin? I think he has. Okay. I think they'll have Val one left wing, yep. and they'll have Kyle Felt the right wing. Yep. Uh, but the first two tries, and even the third try from the Broncos, when you break them down, Payne Haas scored from a, a Kyle Felt dropped bomb. He just picked it up and put it over the line. Darius Boyd just dived over from dummy half. And the try to Corey Oates was from a a dubious knockdown, which could have been a knock-on. Yeah. It was a loose ball. So they didn't really threaten the Cowboys at all uh, defensively. And the Cowboys, in the end, when they end up getting a lot of possession, which they did, they had a lot of possession, when Clifford and Drinkwater and Valentine Holmes all passed to each other, one, two, three, it was sublime. It was beautiful to watch. Was that Drinkwater's best game of the year? Yeah, it was. It was. He's still a little bit inconsistent, but it, but he's always been a fullback slash 5'8", so it's about finding the right position. I think he's a fullback now. I think he's a, I think he's a 5'8", now, I, I should say. I think he's a fullback later on in life. But um, he was great last night. And I think the signs are looking really good for Toddy Payton. What, what about that long ball he threw to Felt for his second try? Third try. Third try. Flat across, left to right, across the front of the defence. Made Oates look ridiculous. Well, they know that Corey Oates, Corey Oates' short game is, he's renowned for getting off, out of his line. Yeah. He gets into no man's land. Yeah. So everyone picks what on him. Ball. Kick him behind or a pass early, oh. and Corey, unfortunately, can't read it. So Val, hence why they, he wants to get into the second row. Uh, Val Holmes, best game? For the year? Oh, it was, yeah, he's finally found his timing. We always said it was going to take a long time. It's different when you go and train under the high-intensity training that he was doing in the NFL when people think he's going to come back stronger, faster, but there's no game time. No. You're not touching the ball. Your yeah. timing's off. You're just training. Exactly. So, yeah, the last sort of three or four weeks, you can slowly see him getting better and better. So, yeah, well, that, that run, was his best game. That run from his try line that set up Fidel's try, that was just amazing. He just ran through everyone. I mean, that's, it was the Broncos. But that's what you want to see. Yeah. And they, they were busy preparing for the gender reveal yeah, exactly. party after yeah, it's a, the game it's a good, <laughs> at the time, making it's a good sure point. that the ball was coming far out. Far greater distractions than stop Val Holmes and Tabuai Fido. But that's what you want to see. You want to see open field running. You want to see length of the field tries. It's beautiful and to watch. The new rules are allowing this because players are fatigued. Interesting thing I saw on that. The person tra chasing uh, Fidel. Payne Hess. Payne. Where was the fullback?
Katoni Staggs, tragic. Yeah, first 10 minutes, as I think you alluded he to was early the best. on. He was the best player on the field. And it's all through, it's all through, he's got a lot of hate in his body, mm. Katoni Staggs. And he ta- he treats the opposition like they've they've done something to his family <laughs> or they've stolen something from him. And so defensively early on, he was really good. He was so aggressive. And then yeah, to come up with that, unfortunately, looks like going to be an ACL. Scans to reveal that. But he'll miss the start of next season as well and was definitely in the running for an estate of origin jersey for yeah. Freddie Fittler. Yeah. Oh, well, Katani Staggs. Hopefully he'll be back uh, not too far into the 2021 mm. season. This is Off the Bench. We better go to a break. We'll be back shortly. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's tyre and wheel specialists. We'll be back shortly. We're back. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's tyre and wheel specialists. Yeah, welcome back to Off the Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. It is time to do this. Who gets a mention in our Off the Bench performance of the week? Sats, who you got for us? Uh, Two quick ones. Mine's the NRL willing to try some new rules in the in the last regular season round in two games. Uh, I thought it was pretty brave to do it, and I think it's going to work out. I think a couple of them will work out really well in 2021, but my real performances of the week is in the NFL, and um, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, but the, the LA Raiders, who are now the Las Vegas Raiders, the performance of the week is the release and the opening of their, their stadium, the LA Giant Stadium, which is dubbed the Death Star because when you look at it, it's black inside and out. It's streamlined, fully enclosed. It is. It looks like a Mercedes-Benz yeah, as a stadium. It is unbelievable. $2.6 billion to make. Yep. And I heard on the Matty Johns podcast this week, which you pointed me to, was that uh, whilst we still whinge and complain about building stadiums in some states in Australia, it does actually, it's only a small percentage of the overall government budget. Builds revenue for the rest of the community. Absolutely, mm. which you can put back into schools and hospitals. Absolutely. Uh, trust me, hospitals and schools aren't being built because of a stadium. Mm. It's additional expenditure. So good to see. Uh, mate, the other one that looks amazing is that Los Angeles Stadium. Well, that was $5 billion. That is, even my missus were watching uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the LA Rams. Your wife, you can't say missus. No, she's my wife and my my lovely missus and I were watching that game and she said, wow, look at that stadium. Next time we go to America, can we go there? I'm going, hello, we're <laughs> off to the NFL. Can you but- believe it's taken that long to get a NFL team in Vegas though? No. Really? Uh, no. Oh. It was paid by the the stadium was paid by the the Vegas like governing bodies, yeah, the council, council sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, oh no, it's good. Maybe a lot of boys trips and girls oh. trips to Vegas now to see their teams. Um, I'm sticking with the NFL as well for the performance of the week. The Dallas Cowboys, They're your team, mate. Mm. Love the Cow- America's team, Australia's team. The Dallas Cowboys, their comeback win against the Atlanta Falcons. They're down 16 points with four minutes to go. Now. You understand, it's not like rugby league. If you, if you don't understand the NFL rules, if you score a touchdown, then the opposi- then you kick the ball to the opposition who yep. didn't score. So you've got to try and get that ball back. They managed to do that. Dak Prescott in the, in the second half was amazing. That's the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. But they've changed the rules. Have you seen they've changed the rules with the onside kick? You know how you used to take it? You'd be able to take a run-up yep. with the onside kick. You're not allowed to now. You've got to stand still. So you can't run until the ball's been kicked to get an offside kick. So what had happened was the Dallas punter, I think it was Jones or something, he's kicked this ball and it's crawling along the ground. It's got to go 10 yards, right? 
gets to the five-yard line or whatever it is, and, and the opposition are standing around watching this ball, waiting for it to get to the 10-yard. All the Dallas Cowboys are standing around the ball waiting because it's travelling that slowly. Crosses the line. Dallas Cowboys jump on it, get the ball back, run 30 metres downfield, kick a field goal with four seconds to go. The interesting thing out of that, stick with me on this, was Atlanta can jump on the ball at any stage. They didn't know the new rules. So they're waiting for it to cross the line, and the commentator's going, you know you can jump on the ball. It's just the Cowboys couldn't. So <laughs> once it's being kicked, you can jump on it. So very lucky win to the Dallas Cowboys. Saturday Outlook, Auto One, stocked with the biggest brands and best advice, Channel 7 and Fox Sports. have done an amazing $200 million deal with supercars to show every race for the next five seasons. Jeez, this is probably why they want to get out of their cricket contract. Well, a lot more people follow it. Uh, absolutely, and passionate. Motorsport, yeah. Absolute passionate. Seven has effectively replaced 10 as the free-to-air broadcaster. Alongside Fox Sports and Supercar's newly announced television deal. Supercar's back in action this weekend at the Bend in South Australia. Scott McLaughlin is anticipating Jamie Winkup will come back with a vengeance. I don't know what that means. Is he going to try and kill him? I don't know. Uh, after an up and down weekend for both McLaughlin and Winkup, the former came out the other side of the first Repco Super Sprint with a 215-point advantage. He went in with 143, so he increased that lead. He is not the champion yet, so hopefully it gets down to the, the final races in Bathurst. And speaking of Bathurst, the Bathurst 1000 could again only be the, the only enduro next year. So the other ones are normally the, the Bend. Gold Coast. And the Gold Coast yep. and Bathurst. Mm. And they all happen together. And the enduros, of course, um, are the ones where you've got a co-driver. Um, it's At this stage, it might be the only one next year as well because they're going to start later. Um Geez, that's going to hurt the Gold Coast, particularly when we talk about tourism. That's going to hurt the Gold Coast a little if they don't have uh, that enduro race. I don't think so. I think you can create a really exciting format because it's the Gold Coast. Something I, a little bit I, different. I disagree. Really? I just, because, I, that, to be honest, mate, they struggle now to fill the day with support acts. When back in the day... Was Is that the, the best way? Is that the best opportunity to invent something new, a new format that allows fans to get excited about whatever that format may look like. Please don't say a celebrity back. race. Please don't say that. Right. Monster trucks. <laughs> they almost have those yeah. with those stadium trucks. Have you seen those? Yeah. Those guys are crazy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, don't forget to the Super Cheap Auto Bathurst 1000 this year, uh, 4,000 people, and I think that's ridiculous. We're now talking about possibly having 75% capacity at State of Origin 3 at Suncorp. Mm-hmm. But you can only have four thousand people outdoors, at Bathurst. At Bathurst, spread amongst a a large kilometers, large area, kilometers. You mm. know, and, it doesn't uh, make sense unless unless they're protecting the town. All these tourists come in, and they don't want to bring the coronavirus into town. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, want to speak to someone as passionate about cars as you are? Auto One, it's the one. Uh, normally this time of the week, we, we play an interview of the week. I just wanted to do this today, Sats, because uh, we talked about it early. In 1986, Australia played India in Madras. Uh, Dean Jones hit that beautiful 210. Of course, he passed away on Thursday night. He produced an innings of such magnitude that his body all but shut down. Mm. He was vomiting. Uh, he had to have ice baths during uh, breaks from his teammates. In, in fact, at one stage, he will talk about this. He went out. He can't remember going out. On 170, you mentioned this too, Jones was vomiting, trembling, he had cramps. He was thinking about leaving the field. Border then famously said to him, all right, if that's the way you feel, let's get a real Australian out here, a Queenslander. 
Greg Ritchie was the next man in. I reckon Greg Ritchie would have last 10 minutes. Right? <laughs> he would have been chafed to the eyeballs. <laughs> but this is Dean Jones talking about that famous innings. All I remember is that the heat was oppressive. Um, the humidity was massive. Um, even the locals said it's ridiculously hot before the monsoons. And it was a, my first test match back after three years. Well, you had, we had the Buckingham Canal right next door and that's where they dumped their sewerage into the ground, sadly. And, and of course, the offshore breeze that comes in through and it, it just was just unbelievably bad. <laughs> it, like, it was just gut-wrenching, really. Being able to play with consistently an unbelievably wet shirt and perspiration going through the eyelets of your boots, just dripping out as if you put your foot in a bucket of water. And even for their own locals, like Kieran Norey, their wicketkeeper, had left the ground in the first 45 minutes when he fielded because of heat stroke. So if the locals are falling down, it was just as bad for us, if not worse. It's only through Steve Waugh's book that I knew that, that Greg Matthews and Steve Waugh undressed me and and put me out out there out to bat again after, after tea when I was 200. And Errol Alcott was uh, our physio and said he's had enough. And Bob Simpson and AB said push him out there. But the sad thing or reality, Steve Ward said to me, he said we forgot to put your thigh pad and box etc on. And I actually played for 25, 30 minutes without a box or a thigh pad. It was a very young cricket team. We only had 130 test matches or so, it might be 140, with AB having 70 odd. And then we're playing against a team that's got 550 test matches amongst them. And for us to have a tight test series, we had to draw the next one and we battered our backsides off on a big, huge turner in Mumbai on the last day. And we come home. I was unbelievably prepared and super fit before I went over there. I had 9% body fat and I trained with a couple football club before I got there. So I was ready. And the bottom line is we've already been in India for a month and we've already lost a little bit more weight anyway. And to come into these conditions and to lose eight kilos in a day, I think might be a bit silly comment from, from Greg. But I don't care whether it's the top 50 or not. It's not his moment. And, it's, and it, was, it was my moment. It was my Mount Everest. And I didn't play for Greg Matthews. I played for the Australian cap. And we come home. Well, realising that Alan Bordos, the captain who didn't really want the job and started to realise, to, well, he had to lay some foundations in to work on players' behaviours and dress the baggy green cap up a little bit and teach these guys what, what it's about playing cricket for Australia. Unbelievable. Mm. Absolutely unbelievable. Vale, Dean Jones. This is Off the Bench. We'll be back shortly. We're back. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T. Mars, tyre and wheel specialists. The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our Off The Bench footy tips. All right, Sats, let's get into it. Um, just want to remind everyone I'm leading the footy tipping at the moment as well. So uh, Bulldogs versus Panthers. Last round, um, 3 o'clock ANZ Saturday. Yeah, oh, I can't see the Panthers being beaten here, Jace. Uh, the Bulldogs, they'll, they'll try hard. They'll try really hard, but uh, the Panthers just have a little bit too much speed and skill. All righty. Sharks versus Raiders, Net Strata. Tough the, one. Well, Raiders are resting, what, 11 players? Yes. And Fafita's come out this week and said, well, we don't care. This is our chance to beat a top eight team. Well, for this the first is a perfect opportunity year. for the Sharks to play finals footy a week early. They need to get some run-in time. They need to feel as though they can give their fans and themselves the belief that when they make the finals and play finals week one, and it may be Canberra again that they're playing, yep. that 
that they can treat this like the first final. So I'm going to take the Sharks. Raiders have still got a good team, but I'm going to take the Sharks just based on one being at home, two uh, just a little bit too much experience. West Tigers, Eels. You like the West Tigers, don't I'm you? I'm taking the West Tigers because it's it's emotional. Two really popular players. Okay. Uh, then we move to Sunday's games. Warriors versus Seagulls. Another tough one. I'm going to take the Warriors at Central Coast. Good boy. Uh, and the Dragons and Storm wrap up round 20 on Sunday. Well, the Storm they? have 12 players that they've rested. Still got a really strong side. And, yeah, as I always say, you don't play the Storm, you play the system. And I think the Storm will beat the Dragons. Yeah, really? If the Dragons can't win this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they're looking, for, they're looking for the end of the year, the Dragons. Have a great weekend, mate. Enjoy yourself. This has been Off the Bench for Bob Jane, T-Mart's Tyron Will Specialists. We'll catch you next week. See you, Saps. See ya.